Welcome to the City Reach Baptist podcast. If you would like more information about the life of our church, please go to our website at cityreach.com.au or like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, Two weeks ago, it was Australia Day. And it's only the second Australia Day that I've experienced, yeah? So I was quite excited. We were invited to a barbecue. And um, so my son convinced me to wear an Australian top. And you know when you've done something well and you think, I'm just going to go a little bit further? Uh, So as I'm walking out the door, I I pick up this. And it's a a crow's cap. And I thought, I'm I'm really going to impress him. And I put it on. And I'm about to walk out the door. And suddenly... My nine-year-old son is next to me, heaping this persecution on me. Dad, how? what is that thing on your head? I refuse to go out with you. You cannot wear that thing. So I'm like, okay, well, this is footy is new to me, and it doesn't really mean that much to me, but he is passionate about this thing. And so I said, well, well what can I do? And he goes, I've got, a, I've got an answer for you. He runs into his room, and he comes back, and he produces this. A power cap, and he puts it on. I put it on, and I'm like, okay, I've set aside my son, and off we go. And I arrive at this barbecue, and as I open the door, suddenly I'm greeted with open arms. Oh, we love you. You're one of us. I can't, and I don't know what they're talking about. Like, that is just beautiful. I take a few steps further, and then a couple other people look at me. What? What's wrong with you? What's, what's that thing on your head? Get away from me, you unclean Philistine. So, he has it here. But here we are. That is the mindset of the church, right? You, you kind of get there. The Jews realize that uh, Jesus is a Jewish Messiah. He's a Messiah to the Jews. And as Pastor Ollie taught us two weeks ago, as we were looking at Acts 10, these guys had incredibly strong tradition and scruples to overcome. Right, they were used, they said, like, we can't associate with the power fans. I mean, sorry, the Gentiles. Like, we don't even eat with them. But then what we see in the first half of Acts chapter 11, God shows Peter the gospel of grace is for all people. All people. Everyone. The masses. Anybody. Everybody. Every person. The whole world. You guys are allowed to say Amen. Amen. So they conclude, the church concludes, this is what they say in verse 18. They say, when they heard these things, they fell silent. Case, close, end of story. The gospel of grace is now for everybody. And they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles, also God has granted repentance that leads to life. So now we find a young church that's just starting to understand its mission more clearly. The coming together of Jews and Gentiles, crows and power, into one new man. Now could you imagine the AFL, if they announce, hey guys, next year we're just going to have one team. We're going to do away with uh, the crows and we're going to do away with power and we're just going to be one team. From now on, we're all going to be cheering for the same team. You can imagine that there would be a lot of work to do before there is true unity. 
right? And maybe there are some things that would help this unity, right? So maybe one thing would be like, okay, everyone stop wearing your crow's gear, stop wearing your power gear, stop wearing crow's colors and power's color. We're going to have a new color. We're going to embrace a new color. We're going to have a new identity. Now, straight away, I can see some of you thinking in your head like that would never happen. I'm not going to give up any of those things. And that's exactly what the church was wrestling with. They had these traditions, these strongholds, and they were wrestling it with it. But the Lord provides. He loves his church, and he wants his church to be unified, so he provides certain gifts to his church that build unity. So as we look at this passage tonight, we are going to find some gifts that the Lord gives to his church to bring about unity. And of course, there are many other things that the Lord uses to bring unity, and here are just some that we see in this passage. So we look at four of them. And the first one is one that you're not going to like. It's persecution. This is what it says in verses 19. It says this, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, also preaching the Lord Jesus. Persecution is not the worst thing that can happen to us. Jesus himself said, Blessed are you when you are persecuted for my sake. We have the benefit of hindsight. We read this story. We look at the results of it. We look at the fruit of it and we go, Lord, thank you that that persecution took place because through it, we saw the spread of the gospel to the Gentiles. That's largely us. Now, these guys, they are sitting in Jerusalem, the church, they are not sitting around and praying, Lord, where should we go and take your gospel? They are comfortable and happy where they've always lived. But Stephen gets stoned to death because of his faith in Jesus, and the authorities give their thumbs up to this. The religious authorities think this is the best thing ever. It should happen. And mass persecution spreads out. These guys are scattered in all directions. They are running for their lives. It's pretty scary. But they take the gospel with them. And wherever they go, they take the gospels. But some... They still have their crow's cap on, and they only tell other crow's fans. They only tell the Jews about Jesus. But others, they remember there is now no Jew and no Gentile. We are one in Christ, and they take the gospel to the Hellenists, the Greeks, the Gentiles in Antioch, and they preach the Lord Jesus to them. You see, persecution gets you out of your comfort zone whether you want to or not, right? But here's the thing. It brings you together as well. When I graduated from university, uh, my first job was with this company, and they hired about 16 graduates. And for a year, you went to different parts of the company, and then you came together, and they did training together. 
And I became a believer while I was at university and I slipped into somewhat of a Christian bubble. It was fantastic, right? I loved it, I was growing. But suddenly I graduated and I was in this workforce and like, I, was, I was wrestling, right? On one hand, I wanted to be a witness, a bold witness for Christ, but suddenly on the other hand, I'm like with a bunch of new people and I kind of, I wanna fit in I fear them thinking maybe I'm a bit weird and I don't know what I'm doing, right? So about, I'm there for about a month, two months. I'm not sure anyone knows I'm a Christian and so I pray and I say, Lord, please give me the courage to be a witness for you. Give me courage to declare you. And when you pray a prayer like that, we have to be very careful because God will answer it. And he did it in a very unique way for me um, so we had a training session one day where they brought in a team builder and she turned out to be one of these real flaky kind of people, you know, flowers and all that kind of stuff. And she got us to lie down on the carpet and say, you guys are all a river. Pretend you are all one in this river. And in the one activity that she did do was she got us all sitting on the floor in a circle and she was handing out these papers and she said, I want you to draw a symbol that represents you. And straight away, as I got that piece of paper, I knew exactly what symbol I was supposed to draw. And it was a cross. And I have to tell you, I wrestled with it. Like, do I draw a cross? But I drew a cross. And then she went around asking different people what they drew. Some people had drawn a tree and said, I'm a tree, I'm growing, and this green represents that. And everyone went, ooh, and ah, and that was like, wow. Uh, and then came to me and she said, what have you drawn? And I proudly turned over my cross and there was dead silence. <laughs> there was even a few people like kind of mockingly laughed and all she said was, oh, that's a powerful symbol, moving on. <laughs> um, but then what happened after that is that a few people I'd become to be friendly with, they distanced themselves from me. They no longer invited me to lunch, they kind of excluded me from their conversations, and to be honest, it hurt. This was the thing I feared, and it happened, and I thought, oh well, Lord, this is the cross that you've called me to carry, right? This is what it means to be a disciple. But, on the same hand, I had other people come up to me and say, I'm a Christian too. Thank you for doing that. And suddenly, I had this depth of friendship with people that I didn't even know. Suddenly we had like, oh my goodness, we, we, we have the same savior, we have the same dad in common and this friendship formed and I had a much deeper friendship with people than I ever had. We, we started a prayer meeting together and then there were a bunch of other people who were like, they weren't phased by it all. They're like, oh, you're a Christian, whatever. But what it did do is open up conversation suddenly because oh you one of those spiritual people what do you think about this what do you think about that and I had this opportunity to speak about spiritual things to speak about the Lord invite people to church because like in the big scheme that is just tiny 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 a little bit a little bit of persecution a little bit if you think what our brothers and sisters endure around the world, have endured around the world, it is, it is minuscule, really nothing. But in that moment for me, it brought about something in me. 
it brought about, showed me that the Lord is faithful and he will bring people together. Persecution is not the worst thing that can happen to us. The second gift the Lord gives his church for unity is the hand of the Lord. This is what it says. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The reports of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Guys, when the hand of the Lord is on something, things happen, real things happen. People turn to the Lord. They don't turn to entertainment, they don't turn to programs, they don't turn to your best life now, they don't turn to hobbies, they turn to the Lord because the hand of the Lord is on it. You see, we can get the best programs, we can get the best structure, we can entertain people, we can get the best speakers, but if the hand of the Lord is not on it, people do not turn to the Lord. Remember that others had taken the gospel to other places, but something so significant happened in Antioch, it got back to the church in Jerusalem. And they're saying something incredible is happening at Antioch. Let's send our best, let's send Barnabas. So off they go, they take Barnabas and they send him and Barnabas gets there and what does he see? He sees the grace of God. The grace of God. If you wanna know where God is working, you look for the grace of God. See, grace is not a noun. You can't look and go, oh, that's a lovely little bit of grace. Oh, that's a nice little bit of grace. No, if you wanna see the grace of God, you look at grace in action in people. You look at what the unmerited favor of God on someone who is undeserving like me and like you, and you see how that grace of God transforms you from within, changes your life, brings about this joy, this hope, and this peace. When I was uh, part of a church, small church, um, we were gathered together as leaders and we were talking about how do we reach out and who do we reach out to. And someone had just read a book on that you must reach out to families because if you get families, you get everybody. And we were kind of discussing the strategy to reach out to families. And one young guy stood up and he said, I believe the hand of the Lord is on young people if you look at what the Lord is doing, his hand is on the young people in our church. We listen to that. That church, within a year, 70% of that church was made up of young people because the grace of God was on young people to move. We need to look. Where is the hand of the, God, of the Lord at work? Barnabas arrives, he looks around, he's happy, he's stoked, right? This is awesome. This is the stuff we live for. And Barnabas just has one simple message for them. He says, guys, you've started faithful. Remain faithful. 
You've started off with steadfast purpose. Remain with steadfast purpose. Because as I was preparing this and praying through it, this was the one thing where I really had a strong conviction that some of us have started off our journey with the grace of God and we were faithful, but we've wondered. We once had steadfast purpose, but we've got a little bit lost. This message is for us. Remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. The third gift of unity that the Lord gives to his church is one of teamwork. Very simple. This is what it says, verse 25. It says, so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. The first thing Barnabas does is go and look for help. Right, Barnabas doesn't think, oh my goodness, this is an awesome thing that's happening here. Remember, this guy has seen people added to the Lord. They've seen he's a good guy. He's a faithful guy. He's full of the Holy Spirit. Barnabas doesn't think, oh, this is my ministry. This is my moment. What he does do is that he gets up and he goes and gets help. He knows that these new guys, new believers, they need to grow. They need to be taught. He knows that Paul has gifts that he doesn't have. And he also knows that if I get Paul and we minister together, the effect of our ministry is gonna be multiplied. So he goes and he gets Paul. You see, Barnabas is not insecure. It's not about him. He knows he's part of something so much bigger. A good friend of mine, uh, his name's Kevin. And when he was, he's now a pastor in Hong Kong. And when he was 16 years old, he went on a mission trip into Africa, right into Central Africa. And the person leading the mission trip was this short, stocky, very softly spoken Afrikaans, South African guy. And they went up into Central Africa and one night they're sitting around after they've been ministering the whole day, they're sitting around the fire at night eating dinner. And Kevin said he was talking for about 15 minutes. And suddenly, Henny stops him and looks at him and goes, you know, Kevin, I pray that God would take the R out of you. And he said it became very quiet and everyone looks at him. And he goes, Kevin, I've been listening to you talk for the last 15 minutes and all I hear is I'm gonna do this for the Lord and I'm gonna start this and I'm gonna go here and I just pray that God would take the R out of you. With that, he picked up his plate and he went to his tent. Kevin said it was a very awkward moment after that but it was the best thing that his 16-year-old heart needed. Guys, Barnabas doesn't have this problem. The eye has been taken out of him. He's not insecure anymore. He realizes that ministry is so much bigger than he is. When we learn that we need each other and we minister together, it brings unity. It brings unity. And what you see here, Paul and Barnabas' ministry, it's not short term, right? Paul doesn't just sort of, all right, I'll pop along for a week because I'm really busy. 
No, he gets there, he moves his whole life there for a year. We are committed to seeing the church grow. We are committed to seeing young believers grow in the Lord. Guys, anywhere you see unity really happening behind the scenes, you will see faithful, committed leaders who love them enough to stay and be with them and watch them grow. And here's the thing, right? We look back now and Antioch is described as the cradle of Christianity. It's like this birthplace of Christianity. In this little town, it's the very place in which Christianity in the Gentile world began to take root. And the local people, they started seeing this radical thing happen in people's lives. And what they started doing is calling the disciples Christians. And at first it was a little bit of a mocking thing. Like, oh, you're a Christian. And what they had done is they had taken the name Christ and they had added the suffix on, which means follower. Christian, a Christ follower. That's what a Christian is. If you describe yourself as a Christian, oh, there goes a Christ follower. You see, this little young church in Antioch, which was a mixture of Jews who spoke Greek or Aramaic and the Gentiles, how significant that this little place is where the believers are first called Christians because they have nothing in common. They have absolutely nothing in common except Christ. They don't have race, they don't have culture, they don't have tradition, they don't even really have language. But the one thing that they do have is Christ. We are all Christ followers together. And that is what ultimately unifies people, is when we follow Christ together. We call them Christians. The fourth gift that the Lord gives to his church is sacrifice in the face of suffering. Verse 27, it says this. Now, in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. This took place in the days of Claudius, right? So it's an historical fact. This did happen. So the disciples determined, every one of them, according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers and sisters living in Judea. So here's a prophet he stands up and he declares the truth. And the truth is something bad is going to happen. There's gonna be a famine and it's gonna affect the whole known world. You see, God knew it was coming. He's sovereign over all things. He allowed it to happen and he reveals what's going to happen to a faithful servant named Agabus. And he says, tell, tell one church in Antioch about it. And it's amazing that the story really reminds me of Joseph and Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh has this dream where he sees seven fat cows come out and then seven little skinny cows come out and eat the fat cows. And Pharaoh is stressed out of his mind because he doesn't know what it means. He finds Joseph and Joseph says to him, the Lord has given you this dream, Pharaoh. And what it means is famine is coming. A bad thing is coming to Egypt and you need to prepare for it. But ultimately, God uses that, that, 
that suffering to bring Joseph's family, his dad, Abraham, and his brothers back to him and unifies Joseph and his brothers again. He plants them in Goshen in a little place in Egypt and then begins God's story of redemption out of Egypt. These guys in Antioch, they knew they were going to suffer. And they knew it would affect them personally, their families. You get this, their first concern, their very first concern is for others. You notice what they do? Like we are determined to send relief to the brothers and sisters living in Judea, far away. They knew that this would be a cost to them personally, right? They were gonna feel it, but they had this love, this unity for people far away. And it caused them to be sacrificial. You see, unity will come when we put others' interests above our own. And he has a very, very practical way of doing it. We are more concerned about our brothers and sisters. Get this, they're all involved. Everyone, according to his ability, determined to send something. This wasn't a case where they got together, well, let's get the wealthy people in the church together and, and we'll, make a, we'll bring up a little collection and we'll send it. No, no, no. Everyone wanted to be involved. Everyone wanted to be part of it. We were all involved. We're all in this together. Some have more ability than others, but we're all involved. That's what... Unity really means we're all in it together. Guys, as we look at these gifts, I want us to stop and think about where we are at the moment, where you are personally. What, what gifts is God giving you? What gifts is God giving us as a church? Is it persecution? Is it that when you step out at school, a university, in your workplace, or maybe your family, you have people against you? I want you to know this, that in the face of that, God is going to use it. And like the church in Antioch, one day, you're gonna be able to turn back and say, Lord, thank you for that persecution because it brought about this and this and this and this. It's a gift from the Lord. And just to encourage you in it, remain faithful. Maybe for some of us, it's the hand of the Lord. Maybe we've lost sight of where the Lord is at work in our lives where the Lord's at work in our church. Maybe we just need to stop and look around us and see that the Lord's hand is still with us. God is still at work in your life and he's still at work at this church. Or maybe it's teamwork. Are you involved in a team? Are you with a group? Are you in it together? Are you serving together? Or are you trying to go it alone? 
Are you, hey, I'm a lone ranger. I got this. I'm good. The Lord is saying to you, you need to take the R out and come together. And the Lord will use you. He will multiply your effectiveness when we serve together. Or maybe it's sacrifice. Are we putting others' interests above our own? Or have we become so wrapped up in ourselves that we're not even thinking about others? Is it that narrative in our heads where I'm so busy at the moment, I have no time for anyone else, I need to concentrate on myself, I need to do this on, just focus on myself now. The Lord is saying, my kingdom is so much greater than that. How our work is so much greater than that. Look to others. He will bring about a blessing in your life as well as someone else's. Guys, but we can have all that and they can be of no significance. Until we ourselves have unity with Christ. We can have a unified church that has all these things, but unless we ourselves are united with Christ, enjoying a relationship with him, it is meaningless. So the biggest question we have to ask ourselves tonight is not are we united together, but are we united with Christ? Is our life hidden in his? Have we got to the point where we've said, Lord, I have done stuff, I have thought stuff, I am capable of doing some really bad stuff and I can't change, I need you. Have we got to that place? Because when we get there, the Lord will say, let me take you to the cross. Let me show you that I have nailed everything. Everything that you thought, done, didn't do, that you should have done, I've nailed it to the cross. But more than that, not only have I taken your sin, but I've given you my righteousness. I've clothed you with my righteousness. And because of that, he's given you the, the freedom to call you his child, his beloved. And we have the freedom to cry to him, Abba, Father. When we have that unity with Christ, that sweetness with him, all this, all this other stuff suddenly gets put into perspective. We wanna be a unified church. We wanna advance the gospel. We wanna be people that love Jesus more than anything. When we have this union with him and if there's anyone here tonight who you wrestling with this and you haven't surrendered your life you haven't you don't know him we would love to talk to you each and every one of us has a story here how we got to know him how the grace of God came on our lives and we'd love to we'd love to chat with you so please find someone after the service come talk to us but right now, how I'd like to finish tonight is I would like us to pray as a church and for our church. I would like us to pray that we are committed to being a church that remains faithful to the Lord, that we are a church that remain faithful with steadfast purpose.
where we don't want to lose our way. We don't want to come off track. We don't want to move far from him. He has given us everything we need for godliness. We desire that. Will you stand with me? I'm going to pray. And if you agree with what I pray, then I want you to say amen. But only if you agree with what I say. Don't say it if you don't agree, right? This is not a question mark. I want you to own this and be about it. Let us pray. Father, we are humbled, absolutely humbled and broken with gratitude to be able to be called your children, your beloved, Lord God. Father, we just love you and we want to give everything that we have to you in worship and adoration. Father, we thank you for your church. Lord Jesus, we want to be a church that is known for our faithfulness and our purpose in you that you have given us. Lord Jesus, we want to be a church that is known for our love for one another and our love for you. Lord, will you come? Will you speak to us, Lord God, in all these different areas that you might be taking us through individually and corporately? Lord Jesus, would we look to you and say, thank you for these gifts that you are bringing us because they bring us closer to you and they bring us closer together. Lord Jesus, may we not be a church that resists them, but we look to you, the hand that gives and takes away, and we will choose to say, blessed be your name. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Right now, we are going to finish with a song called Walk by Faith. And I don't want it just to be a song that we finish with. It's got nice words. I want it to be the prayer of our hearts. We want to be a church that really walks by faith. So as we finish and we worship and we close in worship, truly let this be the cry of our hearts. Lord Jesus, we want to walk faithfully and a people who are full of faith into Monday, into Tuesday, into Wednesday and whatever you have for us this week.